Welcome to the Period Story Podcast, the podcast where we get behind some of the myths and misconceptions about periods. We chat with women about their period story, their first period, their journey ever since, and we open up a conversation to help break taboos and stigmas around menstruation. I'm your host, Denise Brothers. I'm a yoga teacher and registered nutritionist specializing in women's health, hormones, and the menstrual cycle. I'm also the author of You Can Have a Better Period, the book Publishers Weekly calls an empowering debut, an informative, refreshing take on women's health. It's available from Amazon, Bookshop, and anywhere else you purchase books. I'm so pleased to share today's episode with Lucy Letches, the co-founder of Ancestors, the femcare brand. In this episode, Lucy shares more about her mission to provide a menstrual health ecosystem offering products and services for all stages of the menstrual life cycle, including better plastic-free period cares, something I believe so passionately in. Please enjoy today's episode. Can you tell me the story of your very first period? Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's quite nice to reflect, you know, many years later. But um, uh, I was definitely a late starter, um, and, and I knew I was. So I was um, I was actually seventeen when I had my first period, um, and so of course that meant that I was sort of one of the 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 last ones out of uh, my group of girlfriends. Um, I went to an all girls school, so um, out of yeah, kind of most of my kind of close knit friends, um, I was definitely the last the last one um m- many of many of my of my girlfriends had started their period when they were kind of you know 11 or 12 um so to wait sort of five or six years um definitely felt like quite a long wait later um I was definitely relieved um and kind of glad to finally experience the sort of not, yeah maybe life-changing moments um that you know everyone had been talking about for so long especially you know in an all-girls school it's something that um you know comes up quite a lot quite often every month um and um not only because I felt sort of like I was finally matured and a, a woman but also because um my mum actually didn't start her period until she was 18 so I always knew that it could be until um, I could be waiting until at least then. Um, and actually kind of that year between 17 and 18 kind of felt like quite a big year in terms of sort of, you know, personal, mental, sexual development. So I was actually, yeah, super relieved that um, when I was 17, I finally um, I finally got it because, yeah, I knew I could have been waiting um, that much longer. Um, but the actual kind of period itself was was really nothing to write home about. Um, I vividly remember I was at home. Um, it was in our kind of family bathroom. Um, it was quite a light period. Um, but I think definitely seeing that kind of the um, menstrual blood in the toilet um, definitely made me feel maybe a little bit faint. I think just you know seeing blood for the yeah first time in that way was. Um, it was definitely interesting um but also like a bit of a rush of maybe excitement and pride um uh before actually it it dawned on me that I didn't have any femcare products because I think in my head I definitely thought potentially I was going to be waiting until I was about 18 um but um I think maybe I shouted to my mum um maybe I even showed her in the toilet um and then I remember she gave me either a um non-applicator digital tampon or a pad um but at this point I knew all the kind of period products that my girlfriends were using and it definitely 
wasn't um, digital non-arcade tampons. Yeah. It was either like the newest, shiniest Tampax, which at the time was Tampax Pearl, um, or it was a pad. So I took the pad from my mum. And yeah, and since then, kind of I was, um, yeah, much more in control of the period products I used. So so yeah, so the kind of the big story is the fact that actually I started really quite late. Um, but the, the period itself was really yeah, nothing to write home about. <laughs> And, and so just kind of going back a little bit to just yeah. that time where, so between, it's like, say, 13, yeah. around when your your girlfriends were yeah. starting to get their periods until about 17 when you got yours, yeah. even though you knew your mom had got her period quite late, yeah. um, was there any ever any questioning or was there ever any kind of conversations like, oh, maybe I need to go to the doctor to check this out, anything yeah. like that? Honestly, no. But I think the reason that there wasn't wasn't necessarily because I kind of didn't think about it or wasn't concerned about it. I think in general, my kind of like physical development, like at sort of 15, 16, I had a growth spurt. Um, like I went from being reasonably short and, um, uh, you know, quite yeah, short compared to... Um, uh, those my age um, and then suddenly I was like one of the tallest so I definitely could see that actually I was maybe developing slightly later um, and I think to be honest just knowing that my mom had had her period later made me think that you know genetically potentially um, mine would be too I think also in terms of like my you know physical development like I didn't have um, you know I hadn't really developed breasts I kind of I think even things like um, bodily hair, you know, like hair on my legs, but it sort of felt like it was kind of baby hair. It was, it wasn't sort of teenage hormonal um, changes that I was experiencing. So um, I think kind of subconsciously, I probably thought, okay, well, I'll wait until 18. And then if I didn't have it then, then potentially it would be something that I would investigate further. Um, But yeah, I mean, really, I just sort of, I guess I took what, you know, when my mum started her period as sort of like, you know our family trait and, and then um uh, accepted it accepted that and um yeah never questioned anything else right yeah. okay that's so interesting because I think well like in stories I've heard from in the past from yeah. clients or other people that I've spoken to the late later period late onset of the yeah. period mm. um becomes a, a source of concern so, and yeah. then you know, I've had clients have to go on the pill in yeah. order to kick, like, so-called, quote-unquote, yeah, kickstart yeah. their period. Yeah. So I think it's so, I think it's so great that not only you knew your mom's experience, like, she was open about it with you. Yeah. But you had this kind of mindset of, like, well, it comes comes when it comes. Yeah, and I think the thing with the pill is I definitely had um, or knew of people that would, you know, took the pill, whether or not it was because of potentially a slightly, you know, later uh, period start or whether it was because of things like, um, you know, acne and, and so on. But I did know that that was sort of an option, but I definitely felt at the time that I didn't want to go down that route unless I kind of absolutely had to and I think as you say you know because I knew that my mom wasn't 18 um, yeah she was 18 um I was kind of prepared to wait but I definitely knew that that was an option and um you know people around me definitely explored that yeah that route um even to be honest some who didn't start until they're 15 16 I remember they yeah went on the pull around 14 um because 
even that sort of year, they were kind of like, you know, should I not have had it yet? And that type of thing. So, yeah. And when you got your period, yeah. what was it like? Like, what you, you described your first period, but then as you, they started to become more regular, what, what was it, your actual experience of having a period like? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I definitely count myself quite lucky in that I didn't have particularly bad period pains. I think at the time, you know, as I mentioned, you know, between the girls, we discussed periods quite a lot. And I think the only thing that really kind of came out of those conversations were that some people had quite bad period pains and that having a period was a, you know, it was a bit frustrating when you're doing lots of sport. And they were the kind of the two, you know, especially whilst I was still at school anyway, um, the two things that, you know, was really pulled out from it because they impacted our life, you know, the most. So, you know, if you had period pains, you know, did you want to go and do um, sports? And, you know, if you had your period, you know, are you wearing a tampon, are you wearing a pad, etc. cetera? Um, I think um, I was lucky in that once I got my period, it was also reasonably regular. So I could sort of plan from, well, you know, now obviously I know much more about periods and um, the sort of, the, the yeah, the different um, uh, phases. But at the time it was really just sort of like the bleed phase. Um, so I knew when I was um, uh, going to have my period and therefore could sort of accommodate for that in terms of, you know, lifestyle and sport and, and the clothes you wear, et cetera. But yeah, again, I mean, my period, it, it's kind of, it's weird because maybe it is again subconscious, but it's always just been a sort of a constant. Mm. Like I've, it's been monthly. Um, I, I I didn't track it. I you know I never tracked my period until um, you know recently. But um, yeah, I remember it being. Um, the one thing I that I think I think is so interesting is um, especially at school and especially surrounded by girls. Even though girls, you know, were very kind of forgiving of each other, um, there was always this sort of concern of leaking, and especially with sort of you know like male teachers, and it was something that you were you know exceptionally concerned about um in that environment and I remember to some girls and they said you know sometimes they wear like two pairs of underwear um so they don't leak and it was like a real concern um I think that was the kind of the yeah the, the biggest thing of note that we discussed and um yeah sort of played on our minds um as opposed to now when there's you know so many so much more education and so much more information out there especially you know now that my girlfriends know and things we sort of maybe wish we did know um mm. but yeah generally my period was was a constant in my life mm. so talk a little bit about ed- the education part that you just mentioned so yeah. how did you learn about about periods and yeah. what you mentioned leaking what were yeah. the other parts of the conversations kind of when you were in school? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I mean, I had a very close-knit group of girlfriends and um, I was lucky in many ways that we did speak about everything. So before I had my period, I, I knew what to expect. Um, you know, I'd heard numerous conversations and um, and I felt, you know, excited and, and prepared for it. Um, uh, and I think um, although there was kind of a lot of, peer-to-peer learning um I guess yeah compared to now what I know about menstrual health our knowledge barely scratched the surface you know it was it was sort of you know my girlfriend has quite bad period pains and therefore she's you know taking some painkillers um uh but it was enough that you know I never felt in the dark about periods and um you know I felt lucky enough to ask girlfriends about um questions or concerns etc um but I I think um I think it, it 
it's not necessarily just about kind of periods for me, but in my life, I've I've definitely kind of s- kind of sought out quite a a natural approach to my body, and I've always been well. Actually, to be honest, I think it's probably from early uh, jobs where I worked in kind of natural foods and natural products, and um, kind of really opened my eyes to um, the benefits of you know yeah things being as natural as possible. Which is why I was I was on the pill. Um, actually not for kind of period reasons more for as a contraceptive um but actually then decided um that even that was sort of you know I definitely began as I learned more about periods to kind of question the sort of the hormonal side and I think my education with with periods has been much more about yeah the hormones and how that impacts you and how that impacts your sort of day-to-day life um and actually like really you know, when we embraced it at school, a period was a very transactional thing. It was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm female. I'll, I'll at some point have a period. Um, and obviously, you know why you have a period, but you just sort of accept it for what it is. Whereas I think as I've, um, yeah, kind of over the years, it's something that you, yeah, you feel empowered by, that it empowers you to, you know, be able to do things like have children. And, um, yeah, with the different phases, you know, empower you to, um Uh, make decisions in your life around your period so that you know you are sort of for want of a better phrase living your best life (laughs) Mm, yeah um so so yeah yeah definitely okay and when you you mentioned earlier I just want to touch on your period I want to touch on your experience of the pill in a minute but you mentioned (laughs) earlier about there were things that you know now that you wish that you knew like yeah. back, you know, in the early days yeah. of having a period. Yeah. What are some of those things? I think definitely the different phases. I think yeah. there were definitely days where, um, you know, within my cycle where I'd feel really lethargic and kind of exhausted. And I know that my girlfriends felt very similar. And at the time you sort of put it down to growth, you know, teenage hormones, etc. But I think actually now, you know, I know a lot more, I'm tracking my cycle you know when I'm ovulating what type you know what type of mood I'm in um you know how I affect you know that I feel much hotter and much more bothered and when I you know go out things sort of get on my nerves a bit more and I think at school you definitely you don't know any of that and you just think you know if I feel a bit rubbishy then it's you never link it to your period your period is just something that happens you, you know for a couple of days a month and you just accept it whereas actually um there's a you know there's obviously a lot more to it and especially in those early years when you, know, you have your um your first period your menage and then the kind of the future um periods it's a lot of sort of um you know body adjustment and and so on um but at the time you definitely put it down to you know overworked or too much sport or you know um and anything else and I think so so yeah that's really kind of what I've learned and um what I now use um to sort of yeah kind of change the way that I that I live my life and I think tracking my cycle is yeah I mean it's amazing I love tracking my cycle it's just to understand um kind of yeah monthly the, the same things that are happening and being able to yeah make decisions around that um I think is is yeah really empowering what do you use to track your cycle I use the clue app okay yeah um I've used quite a few before the reason I now use it is because it has so much of my data that I just can't use it <laughs> um and so yeah so I use the clue app and um yeah and I and I and I input 
lots of information into it. I mean, it's not quite savvy enough to kind of utilize all of that and be sort of, you know, in terms of algorithms and tell me things. But actually, even just for me to kind of look back if I have a day and, you know, yeah, I feel um, low or kind of have a really bad back pain or, yeah, just kind of really grouchy. And I can then, you know, go into the app and I know that actually, you know, maybe I'm ovulating or um, it's a kind of couple of days before ovulation and therefore that's why I'm kind of acting in that way. And I, I just, yeah, I think it's amazing. Um, but also I'm lucky that I do have regular periods and therefore I can use it in that way. Yeah. Um, I know, you know that's not that's not the case for a lot of a lot of women. And um so yeah, I definitely feel feel lucky that I can do that. But yeah, I use clue. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. Um and so just going forward to your experience being on the pill and yeah. then coming off of the pill, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Like what was your experience like? Was it you seem to have had a very easy period experience. I wonder mm. if what was your if what your experience was like actually on the pill. Yeah, I didn't love the pill to be honest. Okay. Um, it was um, so I went. I first went on the pill. Um, yeah, about nineteen, um, and it was sort of the the general one that everyone gets given, which I think is well, it's called different things, but microgynon, um, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I was actually using it for, as I said, you know, contraceptive purposes. Um, and it was fine. I used microphone for a couple of years. Um, but then I realized that actually, um, I think at the time it made me, um, when I was going to university and so obviously probably a lot of other changes, but, um, made me feel a bit sort of out of control. Like I felt like really emotional. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't like it. I, Mm. I, I felt not myself. Mm. Um, and then I changed to Celeste. Um, again, the names are relevant because they're called different things, but I changed to this one, which made me a complete crazy lady. Um, crazy, crazy, um, very, very emotional, um, lots of tears, didn't understand. It was like, yeah, really didn't like it at all. Um, and so then I um had another one which was um again names are relevant, but I will say it was Brevenor. And for me that worked really well. Um and um it was definitely the best out of the three. Um, but I think at that point, and by then I was sort of maybe early 20s, I was definitely researching a lot more about kind of health in general um but hormonal health um kind of menstrual health um just general wellness looking after yourself and I yeah I mean for for want of a better kind of phrase I I wanted to like go down a more natural route um I I didn't know how the kind of hormones were um impacting how I not how I felt in terms of like emotions day to day but more decisions I was making you know was I because I was I was I would guess I'd say I was a reasonably kind of conservative person you know I didn't like take lots of risks I wasn't really kind of fearless and I I think I saw other people like that and maybe envied it and wondered if maybe yeah it was like a hormonal thing so um I definitely want to take a bit more of a a natural path Mm. um and I considered other um contraceptives um but I think I wanted to have a period of um, you know, just using natural contraceptives and therefore came off the pill. Um, and I mean, you know, they say, you know, it takes a couple of months to sort of adjust. And I definitely felt better. My periods did get heavier, uh, but not again, not, not by, it wasn't sort of drastic that I was like, oh, I have to go back on the pill. Um, and 
Um, and yeah, I actually, I, re- I felt really relieved in those kind of couple months after, even though I was considering going back on, you know, um, a contractor in the future. But it was just, yeah, it felt like a sort of flushing out of um, hormones that by this point, you know, I'd been on the pill for maybe five or six years um, and it was liberating. Mm. <laughs> You mentioned that you noticed people around you taking risks and being really adventurous. Yeah. And so when you came off of the pill, like yeah. for the last time, yeah. uh, what did you notice that coming in for you? Yeah. I mean, I, de- I definitely think in the kind of during that period, it was definitely a period in my life where I was freeing myself of a lot of commitments which was great um and I think that's also why I kind of I felt like I could come off the pill because you know I was taking control of my life um I was at an age where you know there were still lots of um options open to me so um so so yeah definitely I do I think that um yeah it was just generally a very kind of liberating experience and I yeah it was it was a very happy time in in my life so yeah I would say that um, I'm not, I mean, probably as a, as a person I am not risk averse, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm a planner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but um, there must, there has to be some kind of like association with risk because you did yeah. start your own company. And yeah. for a lot of people, that's like a, that's very risky and they would yeah. avoid that. So yeah, you kind of did do that in a yeah. in a way. I think it's kind of it's sort of controlled risk. Mm. Um, whereas um I think you know many things to do with sort of hormones are very unknown. Yeah. Um and and emotions, you know, they're, they're yeah, very unknown and kind of you can't plan for them. And um, I mean it's super, super interesting, you know, how the brain works. But um, but yeah, I definitely think in terms of um uh it's kind of professionally it's um there's also I think an excitement with things like um you know with with having your own business and um uh, the opportunity there I think um it's yeah yeah um and so talking about having your own business so you founded your company and sisters with your mother yes can you talk a little bit about the company and what made you decide to jump into the femme care space? Sure. So I think, um, I mean, firstly, yeah, I started it with uh, my, my mum, Claire, um, sort of over three years ago now. Um, and uh, we I actually didn't kind of necessarily touch on it that much in terms of the, the period bit, but we've always had, you know, quite a, a sort of um, open kind of um, close relationship Um she's definitely quite a liberal person so we've always spoken about like lots of different things um I always felt sort of um yeah empowered to speak to her and ask her questions about sort of any personal issues um and um and yeah I would say kind of on the whole we had a really kind of um open um uh yeah open relationship um and in terms of kind of starting the business we we both came from kind of very different sort of uh, background so her background was marketing um and um kind of yeah strategic marketing and marketing she'd seen kind of um uh conventional mainstream uh brands and how actually the kind of how they approach uh period care and sort of taboo topics and 
um, decided that actually the whole kind of narrative around periods being sort of like sanitary products and therefore they're sort of dirty or, um, you know, the um, absorbencies being like regular, um, you know, what is regular or normal, you know, even worse. Um, and kind of felt really passionately about kind of, um, yeah, diving in and sort of um, changing the narrative around that and, uh, yeah, empowering women to um, understand their periods and, um, you know, yeah, I think a lot of women sort of dread them. So, um, you know, not seeing them as sort of a negative um, thing. Mm. Uh, and from from my perspective, um, you know, I, I sort of touched upon it in terms of the um, uh, the sort of natural side, but I, I, I studied food and wine, um, but it was all about kind of ingredients and sort of, yeah, natural, um, no fuss. Um, and so from my perspective, it was much more about, you know, why why do mainstream products contain such awful things when mm. you know we could have 100% organic cotton products which obviously will be you know so much better for you know we talk about skincare and um putting on our skin but actually you know things like tampons that we put inside of us um and so for me it was much more from a um uh, I guess you could say ingredient perspective and also um sustainability you know I was um very conscious that um, you know the choices that we make and I, I work for a kind of zero waste company and a um, health food chain so I was much more exposed to um, you know what we're doing to the planet and um, how we can you know yeah make make decisions with with our with our with our wallets um, so so yeah so we kind of came at it from quite different perspectives um, uh, my mum also kind of was very lucky to do sort of quite a lot of traveling and she had seen a lot of kind of period poverty in um, Southeast Asia and um, generally across the globe and I think she also felt really passionate that we wanted to have kind of part of the business that was you know giving back and making sure that we were kind of yeah educating and also supporting um uh yeah those kind of less fortunate and um especially the kind of COVID that became like a lot more prevalent especially here in the UK um so yeah so that was sort of the merging of um backgrounds and kind of passions um and yes yeah, since then um it's been yeah it's been a, a exciting journey because um yeah we've been uh yeah going for a couple of years now and yeah lot, lots going on at the moment um uh yeah I wait yeah I'll, I'll wait until uh, we discuss that a bit later <laughs> okay um and so the femme care space is really it's a, such a an interesting opportunity now and I definitely kind of have as someone who has to have an overview of the market I see lots of brands coming into this space yeah. um when you when you founded the company with your mom um what did you apart from like the organic aspect what did you want what was the other di- other points of difference that you wanted to bring to the market Yes, I think um, so that the the new G period cup, um, which is our period cup, um, we actually spent um, 18 months kind of researching and developing because the period cup is such an amazing kind of sustain, like from a sustainability perspective product in that one cup saves 2000 disposable period products going to landfill, obviously, depending on how long you use it for, it can save, you know, 15,000 um, disposable period products. And that in itself is a real kind of, you know, a green feat. Um, and so we felt that, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were, um, providing products that were much better for the environment, but also, you know, uh, consumers perspective, also much better 
uh, for you as well. And um, with the period cut, we we made a number of design uh, modifications um, to kind of to suit women's bodies, um, including kind of a lot of uh, period cups have uh, um, quite a long um, kind of like insertion yeah. part, basically. Um, and um, often it's kind of suggested that you cut it and that can leave quite a, a rugged edge. Um, so a lot of feedback we were getting was that, you know, people didn't need to cut it, they just wanted a shorter one, but they wanted more kind of um, uh, to be able to, a, bit, a bit more tactile um, insertion uh, part. Yeah. So we designed the pebble pull, um, which um, is a beautiful little pebble shape. And then just above it, it has... Um, reinforced silicon um to basically aid insertion and removal so we basically made a number of design modifications to 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 try and create the sort of the best cup um for women um but we accept that you know all women are different and actually you know our cup might not be for everyone um but actually having a period cup in your sort of um uh femme care or period care um part of a period care armory um even just using it you know for for one period or a couple of days period helps save um those disposable products going to landfill etc um but actually the the bigger mission for ancestors was creating a brand that can support women throughout all stages of their life um so we have our teen pack which obviously is for your kind of first period and contains really useful um uh, info leaflets on kind of all the different questions that you might have starting your first period and actually the feedback on that product has been amazing um and we yeah, have lots of kind of um, interaction with parents um, saying that it's kind of helped aid that kind of like learning phase, which is obviously as a business, um, a real win. Mm. <laughs> um, and then obviously we have all of our, yeah, our um, organic cotton and our uh, period cup, which um, with our period cup, we have the team cup as well. Um, so again, kind of um, hopefully supporting those kind of, the, yeah, you know, under 20, between sort of 14 and uh, 20 to use the, that period cup um and then you know in terms of the the business today and sort of where we want to go obviously there's exciting um projects on the horizon and actually yeah it's our ambition to support women throughout more stages of life and there are so many stages of life you know it's not necessarily just sort of about um your period starting it and you know whether you have um use contraception or whatever it's there's there's you know maternity and um menopause perimenopause um, and all the other things that sort of happen as part of your period so um last year we um launched our uh spot stain remover period stain remover which again you know the feedback has been great because it's one of those things you know leaks do happen um but actually you know what product do you use so um yeah we kind of um embarked on a mission to find the sort of most eco-friendly um stain remover suitable to remove blood um or menstrual fluid or, or to be honest it, it's great for anything um and and have kind of yeah added that to our, our product portfolio so I think in terms of the ancestors mission and ambition it's very much to support women throughout all stages of life obviously we had to start somewhere and I think mm. um where we started was very much kind of with teen and then the sort of organic cotton and um uh unique period cup but as we kind of yeah as we grow and as as time goes on there's you know ambition to to help support women across many more stages of life great amazing I want to just ask a little bit more about the menstrual cup yeah um because something that I find um when I speak to my client or just clients and just general conversations that I have about different period products is that there's a fear factor 
with the menstrual cup. And there's, it's just very, you mentioned fear of leaking earlier. There's a big one with a menstrual cup. And then, then it's the, well, how do I clean it? How do I navigate it when I'm out and about? And I, I find it so fascinating because I definitely, that was a, like, a, a real sticking point for me personally in the yeah. beginning and I love it I love mine now I am actually yeah. I have my period right now and I have okay. a menstrual okay. cup in okay. um, and I wouldn't go without it but what yeah. do you say um, when women express this kind of trepidation yeah. about using a cup to you I think with with kind of with COVID it's been an opportunity when kind of people have been at home a lot more and working from home because I think you know we recommend that um firstly you you use at least three cycles to try and get used to using the cup whether or not that's even just kind of plucking up the courage to to insert it um but also just kind of getting used to it in terms of your body and in terms of kind of how to insert it and making sure um that you know kind of how often you would need to take it out in order to avoid leaking um I think in terms of sort of um, putting one's mind at ease we always suggest that um, you could try it when you're not on your period um, so there's not that kind of concern of a bit of a mess or you know sort of concern in terms of what's going on um, trying it when you're most relaxed so your muscles are most relaxed trying it in the shower um, so there's potentially a little bit more lubrication um, but actually I think I mean you know all the points that you that you raise are, are very valid and I think that's you know what a lot of the the, the concerns that women have but on the other side you know once once people do kind of um tackle it and attempt to use the cup as you said the the, the response is oh, I'll never go back to mm. you know tampons and pads because it is just so much better so I think it's really just you know helping people get up that hill um and we you know we we, we regularly speak to um customers about the best kind of methods to um try it out and I think from our perspective, yeah, giving yourself enough periods to make sure that one, you have the right size cup, because actually, you know, it's not about flow, it's about kind of cervix size. Mm. Um, and um, uh, yeah, and, and and therefore, you know, it can be different for different women. So it's about, yeah, making sure that you have, um, well, not cervix size, but as in how low down your cervix is. Um, and I think it's, yeah, definitely about finding the right cup as well. Um, with our cup, we have like an extra layer of um, silicon. So it's really silky soft, which also helps. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think, yeah, just giving, giving yourself enough time to make sure that um, it works for you because, you know, we're often asking, should you feel anything? Should you even feel the, the sort of the, um, in the part that you insert and remove? Um, and it's a lot that there is, you know, kind of, troubleshooting but actually once you kind of address the concerns mm. um I think you know yeah women really um yeah suit it really well in terms of leaks I think the biggest thing with leaks is that actually the um cup hasn't uh, opened properly and so it hasn't created the suction seal yeah. um, which again is it's just a matter of troubleshooting you know we recommend that obviously with clean hands you just run your finger around um uh, the rim and it should hopefully open up the cup fully and therefore create the suction seal um so so yeah so there there are a number of kind of um top tips yeah um 
but actually in terms of yeah leaking it is amazing you know how much uh, menstrual fluid a cup can can hold and I think even women you know are really surprised by that yeah. um so if it is leaking it's most likely uh not to do with kind of size or shape of cup and more to do with um that it hasn't yet yeah, created the suction seal yeah I think just on the size of the cup this is a kind of general comment for the yeah. menstrual I would actually love to see more larger cups yeah, because yeah. some of my clients, they it, they have very heavy flows and they, yeah. they'll have to change their cup more frequently and they right. don't, yeah. they don't love that. And they yeah. would love to have like a cup yes. that would hold, I think the largest I've seen is 60 milliliters. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they that's where the kind of feedback that I get it's yeah, just like where are the larger yeah where are the larger cups because when you look at the 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 period underwear market yeah. Yeah. you do see like more of that kind of very heavy flow um product kind of starting yeah, to come yeah, out yeah 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 um, that's not a cost uh that's just a general comment <laughs> no it's, it's great comment to you I just so great yeah <laughs> um so you talked about the master cup the stain remover I know you have um period underwear as well um what do you what what is what do you want like how do you want this market to move forward it's quite vibrant at the moment you know what where like if you kind of look at the femcare market what are your what are your thoughts on where it is now versus where it was when you were even in the planning stages of starting Iron Sisters? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you mentioned a couple of other other brands, but I think the thing is, is, you know, all of the, all of us kind of challenges are, are, you know, are as one. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, you know, really it's kind of taking on the sort of conventional and mainstream market. And I think that, you know, as women, we, we deserve, better products we you know we we should have access to them um and I think that really is like our biggest challenge uh, making you know these these products that we know are better for our bodies you know accessible to to everyone and actually um yeah you know eating a little bit of, of the, the pie that the conventional and mainstream products take um and really that you know that 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 is the end goal um I think you know, along the way, there's there's so much to be done in terms of educating women. I think even, you know, for myself as a teenager, I was using, you know, um, always scented, you know, the, the worst possible product. Mm. And therefore, it really wasn't a surprise that you have, you know, vaginal irritation or, you know, thrush and, you know, all of these things because the products we're using you know, are obviously not great for such a sensitive area and are known to cause vaginal irritation and disrupt, you know, the, the natural pH of um, the area. So I think, you know, from, from that perspective, there's there's there's, there's so much to be done on the kind of the journey to get there um, and education or even re-education because, you know, as yeah, teenagers, you know, often you don't know what's in your period products and you haven't had to kind of have ingredients on um on the box so they don't and you know they're 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 full of nasties you know perfumes and um uh yeah you know pesticide I mean there's so many um kind of irritants and nasties so um I think this the sort of the end goal is very clear but I think the kind of yeah the journey to get there is you know so much about education um and making sure that um yeah we can get our products to sort of as many women as possible and um yeah 
Fantastic. I think it's such a great mission and I love what you and your mom are doing <laughs> in the company. I just, I'm always looking for these sort of products to talk about and recommend. So yeah, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> um, Thank you. Just to kind of wrap up our conversation, yeah. if you had to leave listeners with one thought to kind of um, go away with, what would you want that to be? Um, I think definitely to find out and research questions that you ever have about yourself and your kind of menstrual health and general well-being, because I think information is so powerful. And I think I'm kind of lucky enough to be in this space and to have learned so much about yeah, my menstrual health and well-being and hormones. And I think that in itself has been so empowering. Um, and and yet, you know, I, I've recently had a baby. So actually, um, I've, you know, this the whole kind of um uh yeah, menstrual health, uh period health, um, you know, monthly well-being is so important when you know we embark on these different parts of our life. Um, and I just think that um, yeah, empowering yourself with with the knowledge is so important. And actually, you know, that's yeah part of um, the ancestors' ambition as well to be able to provide women with yeah kind of um, uh, resources and information to help them make decisions. Um, because you know there is there's there is a lot of information out there, but it's not always kind of culminated. So yeah, I would I would um, yeah recommend women to always empower themselves with as much kind of knowledge as possible to be able to make decisions. You know whether it's about concept contraception or any you know anything else um, that actually yeah to kind of ask those questions because um, yeah often women feel kind of isolated with an issue, but actually when you go out there and seek answers, you realize that you're not alone and that many of these issues, many uh, women experience, and there's there's a lot of support out there. So yeah, that would be my tip. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show. It's been so great to talk to you and learn more about you, your first period and your company. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. It's been yeah amazing. For more inspiring conversations, head over to periodstorypod.com where we have so many more for you to peruse. If you want help with your menstrual or hormone health, email me on hello at eatlovemove.com to set up a free 30-minute hormone health review. If you like today's show, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Tag us, come say hi, and send in your requests for who you'd like to see on the show on Instagram and Twitter on at periodstorypod or email us at hello at periodstorypod.com. I'm Lenise Brothers, and you've been listening to Period Story. Thank you so much for listening.